Hello and welcome to Humans in Extremes. My name is Heather Massey and in this podcast we'll be chatting to people who've worked and lived in extreme or challenging environments. We're here at Sanford Lido in Cheltenham for the International Ice Swimming GB Championships. It's a cold, wet and miserable weekend in February. The water in the Lido is six and a half degrees. It's usually colder at this time of year. We're going to be interviewing some of the swimmers and officials who support this ice swimming event. Kate Steeles, the event director, explained the format of the competition and a bit about her personal challenges too. So ice swimming started officially around 2013-2014. It was the it was Ram Barkai from South Africa, who's the founder of the International Ice Swimming Association. And ice swimming has grown in popularity so much. We had the first world championships in Mermance in 2015. And I was lucky enough to be one of two GB athletes to go there. And in England, we're, even though we're a milder country than, say, Russia, China, much of Eastern Europe, we've actually got some of the highest numbers of people wanting to take up this wonderful sport. That's brilliant. And why are us Brits so attracted to ice swimming? I think there's been a lot of publicity about it. People will tell you that you feel so much better mentally and physically when you've had a swim in cold water. I think that getting outside on those cool, dark days in the middle of winter... It's nice to be outside, certainly for me personally, to be out in nature. And the camaraderie, we've got such a strong-knit community. Everybody supports each other. And I think that's a big attraction too. And how did you first get involved with ice swimming? Back in, I think, 2012 or 2011, I'd started to swim through the winter in the sea. Then I met my partner, Rory Fitzgerald, who persuaded me to get involved in a sprint in the UK Coldwater Championships in January 2013 and I enjoyed it and I won a medal but there was a 450 metre event and I'd also heard about ice miles and I thought I really love it but I want to go further I'm much more of a distance swimmer than I am a sprinter and I decided that was it I wanted to go and build up and train and acclimatise to, to do an ice mile and I did that in 2015, and as I say, I went to Mermansk as well in that year. And I've not really looked back since then. I've just kept trying to push the limits, push some of the boundaries, yeah, push myself. And, and we'll definitely talk more about your own personal challenges as, the, uh, as we go on. I just wanted to ask a little bit about what the risks of ice swimming are. You have to be careful. You have to make sure you're medically fit. Alcohol and swimming in cold water, ice swimming, don't go. So if you're going to do a big swim the previous day, do not drink. But some of the most important things to remember are the risks around hypothermia, about not getting too cold. We will all get cold, but it's about swimming within your limits and not swimming alone. Making sure that you've got enough kit, it's layers of warm clothing to put on afterwards, a windproof, waterproof jacket a woolly hat, a hot drink, and having somebody look after you. You should never be in the water so long. Have a buddy to watch you, and if somebody thinks you need to get out, you need to get out, because there'll be telltale signs that you might not be aware of, such as your swimming position in the water, 
your stroke rate. If you normally swim front crawl, you might switch to breaststroke. There's a lot of things. And, you know, no one swim is the same. And you might feel different on different days, how tired you are, what you've eaten, a whole host of different reasons. So you've really got to listen to your body. And I think it's really sound advice. Part of the ICGV events meant that you required a, a medical doctor. We'll be talking to, to Dr. Ruth Williamson later in the podcast. I just wanted to uh, ask a little bit more about the, the swimming championships that we had at the weekend. So the GB championships, they were part of the ISA World Cup series. So one of three competitions, the last of them, actually, they were in Amsterdam, Bettisbrunn, Germany, and ourselves, which comprised the World Cup series. So we had quite a lot of international athletes, which was really, really excellent and added to the mix and the competitiveness. So on the Saturday, we're dedicated solely to 1,000 metres, and that's where we have a very strict medical and an ECG and strict qualifying swims in order to be able to be accepted into the competition. We had eight heats of eight swimmers, so 64 swimmers total, which is more than what we had at the very first World Championships. That's a huge number of swimmers uh, in the water. They're not all in at the same time. No, we had... So the pool Lido at Sanford was a 10-lane pool, but for safety reasons, we only used eight lanes. There was a sauna on site, which really helped recovery, although we had it at a safe temperature. We don't have it massively, really, really hot, not like a finished uh, sauna, but it does aid recovery. It's a safe way of rewarming. So swimmers, eight swimmers were able to compete. Then they got cleared by the event doctor in the recovery area. And when they were deemed fit enough, they were free either to go and get dressed and put loads of layers on or to warm up for a little bit in the sauna first. That's an incredible number of people and that must have taken some organising. <laughs> yes, it is quite a, an organisational challenge. But I enjoyed it and I really enjoy inspiring others and bringing others into this sport. And on Sunday, we had the 500 metres, which again was part of the World Cup series. And then because in the World Cup, it World sorry, World Championships for ISA, we have a country relay, a four by 250 metres. And in order to help select that team, we put on a 250 metre event, which is slightly unusual. Not many places do that, but the logic is there. And then we had several 100 metres 100 meter free and 100 meter breaststroke so it gave opportunity for other swimmers coming into the sport who've just started ice swimming giving them a taste of the fun and the competitive element that we have. Now you mentioned trying to organize your personal challenge swims can I ask you a little bit about uh, the ice miles and the record you're going for? So I'm hoping to be the first British person and third in the world to complete the ultimate ice swimming challenge which is down the adventure route of ice swimming and that is the ice seven and that's swimming a mile and full english mile 1609 meters in water of 5.0 degrees or under and that's pretty much in all seven continents although we do say the polar ice mile doesn't necessarily have to be in antarctica but the twist is that one of those ice miles has to be at zero degrees and that was the hardest swim of my life a couple of years ago don't want to repeat that in a hurry but I have one swim left so I'm hoping to get to South America in June and July this year so whilst our summer down in the southern hemisphere will be there midwinter and then that's the last one to complete the challenge so that's what I'm gearing up for next 
Congratulations. And so what hurdles do you have to overcome to undertake an ice mile, particularly if it's in a, a different continent? So there's some organisations that offer ice mile individual challenges, so such as Andark, where I train down outside Southampton, also at Hatfield in North Yorkshire. There's an event put on in Morocco. So you can go to those, but most of my ice miles have been organized individually so one of the things is finding a safe location having that safety support so you've got people who are there on the water and on the shore ready to help you and having a medic it's really really important you have a medic there um, making sure you've got people who are properly qualified who can be ISA officials and ISA members to be able to verify your swim making sure you've got the correct um, evidence in terms of videos and photographs to record the swim so it does take a lot of planning I'm, I'm quite like planning I'm quite quite organized way of working um, so if you're going to do it individually I, I would recommend you need those skills but you know tap into local knowledge as well these ISA GB championships that have just been held, we're looking at much shorter distances than your ice miles, but are they a way of introducing people to ice swimming and ultimately to their progression towards ice miles? Yes, it can be. So the GB championships happen every year and it is a great way to introduce people into the competitive side of ice swimming. However, ice miles are on the adventure side of the challenge. So most there is a, a strong correlation between the two. However, not all ice milers are so competitive. There's not the time pressures on an ice mile. It's more how your body can cope with the cold. And a lot of that might be to do with your own personal physiology and your own shape. A lot more increasingly, we're seeing on the competitive side, much leaner swimmers who've got much more of a competitive background coming in so the youngsters are coming into our sport which is great to see but it also means we've got two uh, two sort of two sides of the sport so everybody can enjoy it which is fantastic so you'd say actually it was a relatively inclusive uh, sport definitely at the gb championships we had two amputees swimming they did absolutely phenomenally i mean one of them is a single leg amputee the other is a double leg amputee and they got in there and they swam a kilometre both of them and that's amazing. That's brilliant news to hear and hopefully we'll start to see events for amputees in the world championships. Yes well our bid our, our ambition of ice swimming is actually to get into the winter olympics that's that's our long-term vision that's our goal. That was Kate Steeles the event director of the recent GB ice swimming championships. Ice swimming like most high-level sports requires medical backup. I'd like to introduce Dr Ruth Williamson, who is the medical director at these ice swimming championships, but also an ice swimmer herself. Ruth, what makes ice swimming so challenging? Well, swimming itself can be challenging, but I think it's being in water that's very cold. You've got the sudden cold shock as you get into the water, and then as your swim progresses, your muscles stop working, uh, they've become sluggish and you can get what's called swim failure where you just physically cannot swim anymore no matter how much you want to. And if someone goes into swim failure, what will happen to them? Well, if you can't swim, you're going to drown and you need to be rescued from the water quickly. Your arms and legs aren't working properly, your stroke will deteriorate and uh, we need to get you out of the water 
get you recovered and warm as quickly as possible. So these, these swimmers, these athletes, are not just good swimmers. They have to cope with being very cold. They do, and the, they train. Their endurance training is all about teaching themselves and helping their muscles to work better under adverse conditions. So they're trained uh, with lots and lots of repeated swimming in cold water to, for their muscles to learn how to function properly, even when they're cold. So this is not an event that anyone can just turn up at. Definitely not. Um, we have strict qualifying criteria for swimmers. We have health and safety checks beforehand. Uh, but the most important thing is that they've practiced swimming in cold water, gradually increasing their endurance. As the medical director, what is your role? My main role is to oversee the medical safety for the whole event. And that comes down to making sure that we've done pre-swimming checks, that they're all completed and recorded that we've got appropriate lifeguard and paramedic staff to recover them, that as a team, and it is a team sport looking after people, that everyone knows what to do in the case of an emergency, where to go, how we manage whatever situation may arise. It is like running a mini A&E unit at the side of a swimming pool. It is, but colder and sometimes wetter as well. Now, I hear you're doing some research into ice swimming. Um, could you tell me a little bit about what you're doing and also what the main goal of that research? So the main goal of our research is to understand how cold people get when they're swimming in order to make sure that swimming is done, swimming events like this are done as safely as possible. So we're looking for, in this particular study this year, uh, looking at people's core temperature to see how much it drops during the standard ice kilometer distance. Really worthwhile research. Uh, ice swimming is a rapidly expanding sport. How can you see this event expanding within the UK now? And how will that research be a benefit to our UK swimmers? It's definitely expanding. Uh, it's a hugely popular sport. I think more and more venues are offering winter swimming so historically lakes and lidos have shut over the winter increasingly there's a market for people who want to swim all year round and understanding what happens to cold swimmers will help us keep everyone who participates in this sport safe. Thank you Ruth. As you heard from Ruth swimmers have all had to qualify for these championships. Some of these swimmers have many years of cold water swimming experience I caught up with Rory Fitzgerald, who told me about his world record and his experiences of ice swimming. Rory, what do you hold the world record for? Uh, for the over 60 age group for the 1,000 metres. So that's swimming in ice for a kilometre, and you hold the over 60s record. And, and what was the, the time that you did it in? I did it in 14 minutes and 33 seconds. So that's quick for someone swimming at one kilometre in a pool temperature, never mind in what, what water temperature? That was at zero degrees in Murmansk last year. Now, how long have you been ice swimming? Uh, four or five years. I, I went to the first uh, ice swimming world championships in 2015, and that was really a, a very brutal awakening to ice swimming. I, I had I dipped in cold water before then, in very cold water, but... That was my first proper competition in ice. So you've clearly been swimming a long time, but just not in, in ice? That's right, yes. I, I mean, I was a schoolboy swimmer. I swam for my school when I was a youngster of my university and so, and so on, but that was all in the concrete pond. 
and it was really in the last sort of 10, 15 years that I've moved into open water and cold water. So you mentioned swimming in Murmansk. Now, you, this was this at the uh, inaugural World Championships? That's right, yes. The first World Championships were held in 2015. There were 40 places in the 1,000 metre, and I was lucky enough to secure one of those. So how have you seen the event progress in your time as an ice swimmer? It's every year it's just bigger and bigger. And, I mean, this year in Britain we had 64 people in the 1,000 metre. So uh, from 40 at the World Championships to 60 at the, uh, 64 at the National Championships here in the UK, it's, you know, it's a phenomenal growth rate. That's incredible. Now, you're also an ice smiler. What motivates you to do that? Well, it's, it's personal challenge. I, I was swimming increasing distances, and I just wanted to see how far I could push myself. I'm not sure I'd uh, ever do one again. It's, um, it is quite a, an extreme thing to do. Now you, you've just touched on the extreme uh, nature of that challenge. Well, the swim itself is not so bad. Uh, and in fact, because you tend to, to do these things in fairly interesting locations, so up in, in the fjords of Norway, it was spectacular, lovely place to swim. It takes your, mi your mind, to some degree, off the, the uh, slight discomfort you get from the cold. The extreme nature of the challenge comes after the swim, and it's the recovery. And you, you need to be very... Uh, careful in, in preparing your recovery because I mean that that is where the difference between a good successful swim and a less successful swim will, will happen is actually post swim thank you very much now one final question what do you do in the summer when there's no ice <laughs> chase the ice go higher up into the mountains um, or just swim in the sea and just keep ticking over and of course there are lots of training in the pool so that I can maintain speed when it gets to the winter. Thank you very much, Rory. That was Rory Fitzgerald, the current over-60s world record holder for the one-kilometre ice swim. And now my next guest has been swimming in cold water for only a couple of years. This is her first ice swimming competition. Debbie explains how she started cold water swimming and how she has progressed to swimming in ice-cold water. Well, I fell off my bike, hurt my knee, and I used to do triathlons, and the swimming section was my weakest section. So while I couldn't run and ride, thought I would get into open water swimming. So I joined a lovely group called the Shack Sharks. Met a few people there who kind of had an interest in ice swimming. They're very encouraging, and that's kind of how I ended up here. And I did an ice mile last year. So this year I thought I'd do the ice champs. Congratulations, that's amazing. So what's the goal for the future? to get quicker, complete more ice miles, um, and maybe do one in um, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, as I've already done one in England. For people wanting to get into doing ice swimming, how would you recommend that they go about it? Find someone who knows what they're doing and give it a go. Yes, it will be cold when you get in, but once you kind of get acclimatized and used to that feeling, it is the best feeling in the world. But initially, talk to someone that's experienced and just go for it. It's brilliant, so much fun. Thank you, Debbie. Ellie also explains how she got involved in ice swimming and has some great advice if people want to try cold water swimming. Uh, how did I first get into ice swimming? Well, um, about ooh, nine years ago, I saw a programme by Alice Roberts on TV and um, doing well swimming and I thought that's fantastic. And I started looking online and saw that there were a few people doing it all year round. And I thought, oh, that sounds fun. So, uh, so I thought, oh, I'll challenge myself to see if I can keep the swimming up, the, the summer swimming, 
going all year round and um, I've not stopped since. <laughs> That's amazing. So from a television programme about wild swimming, you've become an ice swimmer. Do you have any advice for people wanting to get into doing ice swimming or open water swimming yourself? Yeah, um, I mean, I've struggled with lots of health issues, so on a physical side with pain, chronic pain and um, mental health issues, and it's just helped me um, overcome those tremendously. And if anyone has any doubts as to whether it could help, there's so many groups on, on social media, just search online, search on social media and find a group and get in touch with someone and meet up with people and get out there swimming. That's great advice. So make sure you try and get uh, in touch with people that have already got some experience of outdoor swimming or open water swimming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get in touch with people. Um, go swimming with people. Let people know where you are and all. But most of all, have fun and eat cake. Eat a lot of cake. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Ellie. And that was Ellie Jump explaining how she got involved in cold water swimming and what you should do if you want to take it up. Finally, Kate Steeles gives her advice to people wanting to start cold water swimming. I would say start open water swimming in the summer, enjoy it, and then as it turns, as the weather turns to autumn and the waters get a bit cooler and the lakes, the rivers, the sea, wherever you swim, start going once or twice a week if you can and keep that going as long as you can. For the first year, you may not get much past Christmas, but don't worry. It takes time for your body to adjust and fully acclimatise. Just go and enjoy it. Don't say, oh, I've got to go and then not enjoy it. But start when the water's warm and then keep going as the water temperatures drop. And I think one final piece of advice is that the cooler water temperatures are going to be in rivers or lakes. Um, be very careful if you are more exposed, if you're in a in a river which is fast flowing you've got to consider that you're not going to be as fast or as strong as you are in warmer water so make sure you swim within your abilities and you know your exit points if you're swimming in a tarn in snowdonia up the mountains or in the lake district remember you are a long way away if anything goes wrong and you've got to be able to walk safely right back down that mountain that's uh, that's excellent advice thank you very much kate thank you that was Kate Steeles, one of GB's best ice swimmers, and her top tips for people wanting to try cold water swimming. Thank you for listening to this special edition of this podcast. And wherever you swim, stay safe and look after each other. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you can join us again for the next episode of Humans in Extremes. This episode was created, presented and produced by Dr. Heather Massey with production assistance from Tom Langston. The music used in this episode was District 4 by Kevin McLeod. All copyright information can be found in the show notes.